Book Sixteen of Jerusalem Delivered by Toquato Tasso, translated by Edward Fairfax. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Thomas Copeland. The argument: The searchers pass through all the palace bright, where in sweet prison lies Rinaldo pent, and do so much that, full of rage and spite, with them he goes, sad, shamed, discontent. With plaints and prayers to retain her knight Armida strives, He hears, but thence he went, And she forlorn her palace great and fair Destroys for grief, and flies thence through the air. The palace great is builded rich and round, And in the center of the inmost hold There lies a garden sweet on fertile ground, Fairer than that where grew the trees of gold. The cunning sprites, had buildings reared around with doors and entries false a thousandfold. A labyrinth they made that fortress brave, like Dedal's prison or Porsena's grave. The knights passed through the castle's largest gate, though round about a hundred ports there shine. The door leaves framed of carved silver plate upon their golden hinges turn and twine. They stayed to view this work of wit and state, the workmanship excelled the substance fine. For all the shapes in that rich metal wrought, save speech, of living bodies wanted not. Alcides there sat telling tales, and spun among the feeble troops of damsels mild, he that the fiery gates of hell had won and heaven upheld. False love stood by and smiled. Armed with his club, fair Iole forth run, his club with blood of monsters foul defiled, and on her back his lion-skin had she, Too rough a bark for such a tender tree. Beyond was made a sea, Whose azure flood the hoary froth Crushed from the surges blue, Wherein two navies great well-ranged stood Of warlike ships, fire from their arms outflew. The waters burned about their vessels good, Such flames the gold therein enchased through. Caesar his Romans hence, the Asian kings thence Antony and Indian princes brings. The cyclids seemed to swim amid the main, And hill gainst hill and mount gainst mountain smote, With such great fury met those armies twain. Here burnt a ship, there sunk a bark or boat, Here darts and wildfire flew, There drowned or slain of princes dead The bodies fleet and float. Here Caesar wins, and yonder Conquered been the eastern ships, there fled the Egyptian queen. Antonius eke himself to fight betook, the empire lost, to which he would aspire. Yet fled not he, nor fight for fear forsook, but followed her, drawn on by fond desire. Well might you see within his troubled look, strive and contend, love, courage, shame, and ire. Oft looked he back. Oft gazed he on the fight, but oftener on his mistress and her flight. Then in the secret creeks of fruitful Nile, cast in her lap, he would sad death await, and in the pleasure of her lovely smile sweeten the bitter stroke of cursed fate. All this did art with curious hand compile in the rich metal of that princely gate. The knights these stories viewed first and last, which seen they forward pressed, and in they passed. 
as through his channel crooked meander glides with turns and twines and rolls now to now fro whose streams run forth there to the salt seasides here back return and to their springward go such crooked paths such ways this palace hides yet all the maze their map described so that through the labyrinth they got in fine as theseus did by ariadne's line when they had passed all those troublous ways the garden sweet spread forth her green to show the moving crystal from the fountains plays fair trees high plants strange herbs and flowerets new sunshiny hills dales hid from phoebus rays groves arbors mossy caves at once they view and that which beauty most most wonder brought nowhere appeared the art which all this wrought so with the rude the polished mingled was that natural seemed all and every part nature would craft in counterfeiting pass and imitate her imitator art mild was the air the skies were clear as glass the trees no whirlwind felt nor tempest smart but ere the fruit drop off the blossom comes this springs that falls that ripeneth and this blooms the leaves upon the selfsame bough did hide beside the young the old and ripened fig here fruit was green there ripe with vermil side the apples new and old grew on one twig the fruitful vine her arms spread high and wide that bended underneath their clusters big the grapes were tender here hard young and sour there purple ripe and nectar sweet forth pour the joyous birds hid under greenwood shade sung merry notes on every branch and bough the wind that in the leaves and waters played with murmur sweet now sang and whistled now ceased the birds the wind loud answer made and while they sung it rumbled soft and low thus were it hap or cunning chance or art the wind in this strange music bore his part with parti-colored plumes and purple bill a wondrous bird among the rest there flew that in plain speech sung lovelays loud and shrill her leaden was like human language true so much she talked and with such wit and skill that strange it seemed how much good she knew her feathered fellows all stood hushed to hear dumb was the wind the waters silent were the gently budding rose quoth she behold that first scant peeping forth with virgin beams half ope half shut her beauties doth upfold in their dear leaves and less seen fairer seems and after spreads them forth more broad and bold then languisheth and dies in last extremes or seems the same that decked bed and bower of many a lady late and paramour so in the passing of a day doth pass the bud and blossom of the life of man nor e'er doth flourish more but like the grass cut down becometh withered pale and wan oh gather then the rose while time thou hast short is the day done when it scant began gather the rose of love while yet thou mayst loving be loved embracing be embraced she ceased and as approving all she spoke the choir of birds their heavenly tunes renew the turtles sighed and sighs with kisses broke 
the fowls to shades unseen by pairs withdrew it seemed the laurel chaste and stubborn oak and all the gentle trees on earth that grew it seemed the land the sea and heaven above all breathed out fancy sweet and sighed out love through all this music rare and strong consent of strange allurements sweet above mean and measure severe firm constant still the knights forth went hardening their hearts gainst false enticing pleasure twixt leaf and leaf their sight before they sent and after crept themselves at ease and leisure till they beheld the queen set with their knight besides the lake shaded with boughs from sight her breasts were naked for the day was hot her locks unbound waved in the wanton wind some deal she sweat tired with the game you wot her sweat drops bright white round like pearls of eind her humid eyes a fiery smile forth shot that like sunbeams in silver fountains shine o'er him her look she hung and her soft breast the pillow was where he and love took rest his hungry eyes upon her face he fed and feeding them so pined himself away and she declining often down her head his lips his cheeks his eyes kissed as he lay wherewith he sighed as if his soul had fled from his frail breast to hers and there would stay with her beloved sprite the armed pair these follies all beheld and this hot fair down by the lover's side there pendant was a crystal mirror bright pure smooth and neat he rose and to his mistress held the glass a noble page graced with that service great she with glad looks he with inflamed alas beauty and love beheld both in one seat yet them in sundry objects each espies she in the glass he saw them in her eyes her to command to serve it pleased the knight he proud of bondage of her empire she my dear he said that blessest with thy sight even blessed angels turn thine eyes to me for painted in my heart and portrayed right thy worth thy beauties and perfections be of which the form the shape and fashion best not in this glass is seen but in my breast and if thou me disdain yet be content at least so to behold thy lovely hue that while thereon thy looks are fixed and bent thy happy eyes themselves may see and view so rare a shape no crystal can present no glass contain that heaven of beauties true oh let the skies thy worthy mirror be and in clear stars thy shape and image see and with that word she smiled and ne'ertheless her love toys still she used in pleasures bold her hair that done she twisted up in tress and looser locks in silken laces rolled her curlers garlandwise she did updress wherein like rich enamel laid on gold the twisted flowers smiled and her white breast the lilies there that spring with roses dressed the jolly peacock spreads not half so fair the eyed feathers of his pompous train nor golden iris so bends in the air her twenty-colored bow through clouds of rain yet all her ornaments strange rich and rare her girdle did in price and beauty stain not that with scorn which tuscan guilla lost 
nor Venus Seston could match this for cost. Of mild denays, of tender scorns, of sweet repulses, war, peace, hope, despair, joy, fear, of smiles, jests, mirth, woe, grief, and sad regret, sighs, sorrows, tears, embracements, kisses dear, that mixed first by weight and measure meet, then at an easy fire attempered were, this wondrous girdle did Armida frame, and when she would be loved, wore the same. But when her wooing fit was brought to end, she congee took, kissed him, and went her way. For once she used every day to wend bout her affairs, her spells and charms to say. The youth remained, yet had no power to bend one step from thence, but used there to stray amongst the sweet birds, through every walk and grove, alone, save for a hermit false called love. And when the silence deep and friendly shade recalled the lovers to their wonted sport, in a fair room for pleasure built they laid, and longest nights with joys made sweet and short. Now while the queen her household things surveyed, and left her lord her garden and disport, the twain, that hidden in the bushes were, before the prince in glistering arms appear. As the fierce steed, for age withdrawn from war, wherein the glorious beast had always won, that in vile rest from fight sequestered far, feeds with the mares at large his service done. If arms he see, or hear the trumpet's jar, he neigheth loud, and thither fast doth run, and wisheth on his back the armed knight, longing for juists, for tournaments and fight. So fared Rinaldo, when the glorious light of their bright harness glistered in his eyes. His noble sprite awaked at that sight, his blood began to warm, his heart to rise, though drunk with ease, devoid of wanted might, on sleep till then his weakened virtue lies. Ubaldo forward stepped, and to him held of diamonds clear that pure and precious shield. Upon the targe his looks amazed he bent, and therein all his wanton habits spied, his civet, balm, and perfumes redolent how from his locks they smoked and mantle wide. His sword, that many a pagan stout had shent, bewrapped with flowers hung idly by his side, so nicely decked that it seemed the knight wore it for fashion's sake, but not for fight. As when from sleep and idle dreams abraid a man awaked, calls home his wits again, so in beholding his attire he played, but yet to view himself could not sustain. His looks he downward cast, and naught he said, Grieved, shamed, sad, he would have died fain, And oft he wished the earth or ocean wide Would swallow him, and so his errors hide. Ubaldo took the time, and thus begun, All Europe now and Asia be in war, And all that Christ adore and fame have won In battle strong in Syria fighting are, But thee alone, Bertoldo's noble son, this little corner keeps, exiled far from all the world, buried in sloth and shame, a carpet champion for a wanton dame. What lethargy hath in drowsiness uppenned thy courage thus? What sloth doth thee infect? Up, up, our camp and Godfrey for thee send, thee fortune praise and victory expect. Come, fatal champion, bring to happy end this enterprise begun, and all that sect which oft thou shaken hast to earth full low, with thy sharp brand strike down, kill, overthrow. This said, 
the noble infant stood a space confused speechless senseless ill ashamed but when that shame to just disdain gave place to fierce disdain from courage sprung untamed another redness blushed through his face whence worthy anger shone displeasure flamed his nice attire in scorn he rent and tore for of his bondage vile that witness bore that done he hasted from the charmed fort and through the maze passed with his searchers twain armida of her mount and chiefest court wondered to find the furious keeper slain a while she feared but she knew in short that her dear lord was fled then saw she plain ah woeful sight how from her gates the man in haste in fear in wrath in anger ran whither o oh, cruel leav'st thou me alone she would have cried her grief her speeches stayed so that her woeful words are backward gone and in her heart a bitter echo made poor soul of greater skill than she was one whose knowledge from her thus her joy conveyed this wist she well yet had desire to prove if art could keep if charms recall her love all that the witches of thessalia land with lips unpure yet ever said or spake words that could make heaven's rolling circles stand and draw the damned ghosts from limbo lake all well she knew but yet no time she fanned to use her knowledge or her charms to make but left her arts and forth she ran to prove if single beauty were best charm for love she ran nor of her honor took regard oh where be all her vaunts and triumphs now love's empire great of late she made or marred to her his subjects humbly bend and bow and with her pride mixed was a scorn so hard that to be loved she loved yet whilst they woo her lovers all she hates that pleased her will to conquer men and conquered so to kill but now herself disdained abandoned ran after him that from her fled in scorn and her despised beauty labored with humble plaints and prayers to adorn she ran and hasted after him that fled through frost and snow through briar bush and thorn and sent her cries on message her before that reached not him till he had reached the shore o oh, thou that leavest but half behind quoth she of my poor heart and half with thee dost carry o oh, take this part or render that to me else kill them both at once ah tarry tarry hear my last words no parting kiss of thee i crave for some more fit with thee to marry keep them unkind what fearst thou if thou stay thou mayst deny as well as run away at this rinaldo stopped stood still and stayed she came sad breathless weary faint and weak so woe-begone was never nymph or maid and yet her beauty's pride grief could not break on him she looked she gazed but not she said she would not could not or she durst not speak at her he looked not glanced not if he did those glances shamefast were close secret hid as cunning singers ere they strain on high in loud melodious tunes their gentle voice prepare the hearer's ears to harmony with feigning sweet low notes and warbles choice so she 
not having yet forgot pretty her wanted shifts and slights in cupid's toys a sequence first of sighs and sobs forthcast to breed compassion dear then spake at last suppose not cruel that i come to woo or praise ladies do their loves and lords such were we late if thou disdain it now or scorn to grant such grace as love affords at least yet as an enemy listen thou sworn foes sometimes will talk and chaffer words for what i ask thee mayst thou grant right well and lessen not thy wrath and anger fell if me thou hate and in that hate delight i come not to appease thee hate me still it's like for like i bore great hate and spite gainst christians all chiefly i wish thee ill i was a pagan born and all my might against Godfredo bent, mine art and skill. I followed thee, took thee, and bore thee far to this strange isle, and kept thee safe from war. And more, which more thy hate may justly move, more to thy loss, more to thy shame and grief, I thee enchanted and allured to love. Wicked deceit, craft-worthy sharp reprief, mine honor gave I thee, all gifts above and of my beauties made thee lord and chief and to my suitors old what i denied that gave i thee my lover new unprayed but reckon that among my faults and let those many wrongs provoke thee so to wrath that hence thou run and that at naught thou set this pleasant house so many joys which hath go travel pass the seas fight conquest get destroy our faith what shall i say our faith ah no no longer ours before thy shrine alone i pray thou cruel saint of mine ah only let me go with thee unkind a small request although i were thy foe the spoiler seldom leaves the prey behind who triumphs lets his captives with him go among thy prisoners poor armada bind and let the camp increase thy praises so that thy beguiler so thou couldst beguile and point at me thy thrall and bond-slave vile despised bond-slave since my lord doth hate these locks why keep i them or hold them dear come cut them off that to my servile state my habit answer may and all my gear i follow thee in spite of death and fate through battles fierce where dangers most appear courage i have and strength enough perchance to lead thy courser spare and bear thy lance i will or bear or be myself thy shield and to defend thy life will lose mine own this breast this bosom soft shall be thy beeld gainst storms of arrows darts and weapons thrown thy foes perdique encountering thee in field will spare to strike thee mine affection known lest me they wound or will sharp vengeance take on thee for this despised beauty's sake o oh, wretch dare i still vaunt or help invoke from this poor beauty scorned and disdained she said no more her tears her speeches broke which from her eyes like streams from springs down rained she would have caught him by the hand or cloak but he stepped backward and himself restrained conquered his will his heart ruth softened not 
There plaints no issue, love no entrance got. Love entered not to kindle in his breast, Which reason late had quenched his wonted flame. Yet entered pity, in the place at least, Love's sister, but a chaste and sober dame, And stirred him so that hardly he suppressed The springing tears that to his eyes up came. But yet, e'en there his plaints repressed were, And as he could, he looked and feigned cheer. Madam, quoth he, for your distress I grieve, And would amend it, if I might or could. From your wise heart that fond affection drive, I cannot hate nor scorn you, though I would. I seek no vengeance, wrongs I all forgive, Nor you my servant, nor my foe I hold. Truth is you erred, and your estate forgot, Too great your hate was, and your love too hot. But those are common faults, and faults of kind Excused by nature, by your sex, and years. I erred likewise. If I pardon find, none can condemn you That our trespass hears. Your dear remembrance will I keep in mind, In joys, in woes, in comforts, hopes, and fears. Call me your soldier and your knight, As far as Christian faith permits, and Asia's war. Ah, let our faults and follies here take end, And let our errors past you satisfy, And in this angle of the world depend, Let both the fame and shame thereof now die. From all the earth where I am known and kenned, I wish this fact should yet concealed lie, Nor yet in following me, poor knight, Disgrace your worth, your beauty, and your princely race. Stay here in peace, I go, nor wend you may with me, my guide your fellowship denies. Stay here, or hence depart some better way, And calm your thoughts, you are both sage and wise. While thus he spoke, her passions found no stay, But here and there she turned and rolled her eyes, And staring on his face a while, at last, Thus in foul terms her bitter wrath forth brast. Of Sophia fair thou never wert the child, nor of the Azine race is sprung thou art. The mad sea waves thee bear, some tigress wild on Caucasus cold crags nursed thee apart. Ah, cruel man, in whom no token mild appears of pity, ruth, or tender heart. Could not my griefs, my woes, my plaints, and all, one sigh strain from thy breast, one tear make fall? What shall I say, or how renew my speech? He scorns me, leaves me, bids me call him mine. The victor hath his foe within his reach, Yet pardons her that merits death and pine. Hear how he counsels me, how he can preach, O chaste Xenocrates, gainst love divine. O heavens, O gods, why do these men of shame Thus spoil your temples and blaspheme your name? Go, cruel, go, go with such peace, such rest, such Joy, such comfort as thou leav'st me here. My angry soul discharged from this weak breast Shall haunt thee ever and attend thee near, And fury-like in snakes and firebrands dressed Shall a torment thee, whom it late held dear. And if thou scape the seas, the rocks and sands, And come to fight among the pagan bands, There lying wounded amongst the hurt and slain, of these my wrongs thou shalt the vengeance bear, And oft Armida shalt thou call in vain At thy last gasp, This 
hope I soon to hear. Here fainted she, with sorrow, grief, and pain. Her latest words scant well expressed were, but in a swoon on earth outstretched she lies, stiff were her frozen limbs, closed were her eyes. Thou closed thine eyes, Armida, heaven envied ease to thy grief or comfort to thy woe. Ah, open them again, see tears down slide from his kind eyes whom thou esteemst thy foe. If thou hadst heard, his sighs had mollified thine anger hard, he sighed and mourned so, and as he could, with sad and rueful look, his leave of thee and last farewell he took. What should he do? Leave on the naked sand this woeful lady half alive, half dead? Kindness forbade, pity did that withstand, but hard constraint, alas, did thence him lead. Away he went, the west wind blew from land amongst the rich tresses of their pilot's head, and with that golden sail the waves she cleft. To land he looked till land unseen he left. Waked from her trance, forsaken, speechless, sad, Armida wildly stared and gazed about. And is he gone, quoth she, nor pity had to leave me thus twixt life and death in doubt? Could he not stay, could not the traitor lad from this last trance help or recall me out? And do I love him still, and on this sand, still on revenge, still mourn, still weeping, stand? Fie, no, complaints, farewell. With arms and art I will pursue to death this spiteful knight. Not earth's low center, nor sea's deepest part, not heaven nor hell can shield him from my might. I will o'ertake him, take him, cleave his heart. Such vengeance fits a wronged lover's spite. In cruelty that cruel knight surpass I will. But what avail vain words, alas? O oh, fool, thou shouldest have been cruel then, for then this cruel well deserved thine ire, when thou in prison hadst entrapped the man. Now, dead with cold, too late thou askest fire, but though I wit my cunning nothing can, some other means shall work my heart's desire. To thee, my beauty, thine be all these wrongs. Vengeance to thee, to thee revenge belongs. Thou shalt be his reward with murdering brand that dare this traitor of his head deprive. O oh, you, my lovers, on this rock doth stand the castle of her love for whom you strive. I, the sole heir of all Damascus' land, for this revenge myself and kingdom give. If by this price my will I cannot gain, nature gives beauty, fortune, wealth, in vain. But thee, vain gift, vain beauty, thee I scorn. I hate the kingdom which I have to give. I hate myself and rue that I was born. Only in hope of sweet revenge I live. Thus, raging with fell ire, she gan return from that bare shore in haste and homeward drive, and as true witness of her frantic ire, her locks waved loose, face shone, eyes sparkled fire. When she came home, she called with outcries shrill a thousand devils in limbo deep that won. Black clouds the skies with horrid darkness fill, and pale for dread became the eclipsed sun. The whirlwind blustered big on every hill, 
and hell to roar under her feet begun you might have heard how through the palace wide some spirits howled some barked some hissed some cried a shadow blacker than the murkest night environed all the place with darkness sad wherein a firebrand gave a dreadful light kindled in hell by tisiphone the mad vanished the shade the sun appeared in sight pale were his beams the air was nothing glad and all the palace vanished was and gone nor of so great a work was left one stone as oft the clouds frame shapes of castles great amid the air that little time do last but are dissolved by wind or titan's heat or like vain dreams soon made and sooner past the palace vanished so nor in his seat left aught but rocks and crags by kind there placed she in her coach which two old serpents drew sat down and as she used away she flew she broke the clouds and cleft the yielding sky and bout her gathered tempest storm and wine the lands that view the south pole flew she by and left those unknown countries far behind the straits of hercules she passed which lie twixt spain and Africa, nor her flight inclined to north or south but still did forward ride o'er seas and streams till syria's coast she spied nor went she forward to damascus fair but of her country dear she fled the sight and guided to asphaltes lake her chair where stood her castle there she ends her flight and from her damsels fair she made repair to a deep vault far from resort and light where in sad thoughts a thousand doubts she cast till grief and shame to wrath gave place at last i will not hence quoth she till egypt's lord in aid of science king his host shall move then will i use all helps that charms afford and change my shape or sex if so behoove well can i handle bow or lance or sword the worthies all will aid me for my love i seek revenge and to obtain the same farewell regard of honor farewell shame nor let mine uncle and protector me reprove for this he most deserves the blame my heart and sex that weak and tender be he bent to deeds that maidens ill became his niece a wandering damsel first made he he spurred my youth and i cast off my shame his be the fault if aught gainst mine estate i did for love or shall commit for hate this said her knights her ladies pages squires she all assembleth and for journey fit in such fair arms and vestures them attires as showed her wealth and well declared her wit and forward marched full of strange desires nor rested she by day or night one whit till she came there where all the eastern bands their kings and princes lay on gaza's sand End of Book 16